kids are headed back to school, and at times it can feel like a sense of loss. If you're like me, after a long summer break, you're also craving schedules, a place to settle into a better rhythm. Today, let's you and I chat over our favorite latte and find ways to create space within our home to build strong relationships with our kids. Let's do this. Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants and get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. I'm going to be honest, this week was so hard. I dropped two kids off at college. Oh, just the emotions. Oh, it was so hard, you know. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cry, but it was like the last night that uh, we were all around the table laughing and talking under one roof, and the last conversation when they were in the bedroom cleaning out, and it was just so exciting, like after dinner walks and You know, you've invested in your kids their entire life, and it feels like half of yours. It just feels like such a loss, you know, just overnight, they're just gone. They're just literally gone. You remember when they were kids, and maybe they played a sport, and then they decided they didn't want to play anymore? Well, it wasn't just about them not playing, but it was about you going and rooting them on, and the atmosphere, the environment, the friends, it was just so electric and exciting, and you packed everything, coolers and chairs on the weekends, and just like that, it's all over. It's all over. But I have to remember that endings create new beginnings. I keep telling myself that, but that doesn't negate how I feel. We still have to go through those processes, and I just want parents to know, those who whose kids have left home for preschool or high school or college or the military or whatever that ending is that's creating a new transition that's forcing you on a different path, questioning what your identity and purpose is, just pray and ask God to show you what that is. My favorite scripture is Ephesians 2.10 that reminds us that we are a masterpiece created to do great things. And just because one door closes doesn't mean our life is over. It just means that a new door is going to open. It's like those bumper cars where it's like, boom, boom, everything keeps getting hit. You feel such a loss or it's like, hey, I'm trying to go over here, but something keeps stopping me. Sometimes in life, there's these like guideposts. It seems like failure on every end or your kids have left and I'm not sure what's next. But there's always a next. Just look for it. Don't give up. Galatians 6, 9 reminds us, in due season, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. That's why we build relationships and we do all the things we do for the 18 summers we have with our kids to create that community and connection and those deep-rooted relationships so we can create a legacy. So as they get older and they leave, they move away, that we don't skip a beat, that they know that we've got each other's back and there's lots of love and there's no judgment. We're here for the long haul, for the good, the hard, for the tears, the laughter, to allow endings to create new beginnings.
One of my kids came home from school and he said, don't forget that there is a parent-teacher meetup. So basically it's the, you know, the beginning of the school year, like three days in, and they want you to meet all the teachers. And honestly, I have four kids. I just thought, I have done this a million years. Do they really even care? There's just so many parents and we're, you know, in a line out the door into the hall and I just didn't want to go this year. I had just moved in two college kids, and I guess I really made it all about me, thinking, oh, I don't want to do this. I mean, even the kids don't have to go, just the parents. And I thought, ugh, suffrage. So I told them, no, I, I am tired for the week. I've done my deeds, and I'm done. And then my husband, he's like, you know what? I'll go instead. And I thought, well, great. <laughs> I'm going to take me a bubble bath. And Actually, I kind of wanted to get on to my son to be like, hey, you know, we've put in our time all these years with all you kids, and we did this last year with you, and, you know, we're just tired. Give us a break. And I was ready to give him a talk. And then I came into the living room, and I heard their conversation, and it went sort of like this. Hey, I met with your teachers. Oh, Dad, which ones? And they go back and forth, and it's like, oh, he remembers me, or he remembers my older brother, and he's like, oh, I can't wait to have you in school, or... Oh, he walks in. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited. You're this kid's dad. And they're going over the personalities of the teachers. And and in the end, he said, I just wanted you to meet the teachers because, well, I wanted you to understand some of the classes that you go to and you meet the teacher and you're like, wow, he is so boring. And others just make education come to life. He said, I want you to know that I'm in these classes every single day for an hour, and just how you felt for 10 minutes, that's how I feel all year long. So when I'm doing not so well in one class and I'm doing great in another, I just want you to better understand. Oh my gosh, it just hit me. This is not about me. This is, this is about relationships and communication and connection with our kids. Actually, I felt a little bit jealous of how amazing their one-hour conversation was, and it was a great learning experience for me to just, you know, and I'm like, okay, I am not filling out another one of those binders, and they bring home all of these, this paperwork, and you're thinking, why am I having to do all this homework? <laughs> I just need a stamp that has my name on it <laughs> and just stamp that thing boop, 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 boop each time because I think I wrote my name like 36 times the other night just for the dress code and honor code and all the codes. So I just want to remind you, just like I was reminded the other day, that it's not always about us. We've got to look at the bigger picture and go, oh, okay, you know, I, I'm not just, I know I'm tired. But let's just do this thing because it's really going to take us to the next level in communicating and having a good time and building deeper relationships with our kids. The start of the school year is not easy. It's all about running and grabbing all the school supplies and the pencils and all the things. And you're spending all this money. It just feels like it's just siphoning out so fast. It's just like throwing money in the wind. I think, I just want to get my house back. Do you ever just crave a schedule to get organized again and have a clean house? We have these seasons of life where by the time the end of the school year and it's the start of summer, woohoo, we are ready for adventure and to just life outside the box and our toes in the sand and just enjoying our summer. But then when it's time for the school year to start again, oh, I crave schedules and getting organized and cleaning out the closets and just kind of having a rhythm of life where you kind of know what's coming up. I love that. I love different seasons. They sort of lead us and guide us through our life. 
as the school year begins, just remember that those transitions for us and them are both hard. We're really going through the same thing. Just like how your kid goes to Target and he just falls on the floor because he's tired and he needs a nap and he starts screaming. We're sort of on that same parallel, right? Of course, we would probably be arrested if we fell on the floor and started screaming. (laughs) But we are all on sort of that rhythm of how we want to act out, you know, when we don't get that nap or somebody cuts us off on the 101 or you just feel angry. And just like the kids when they go to school and they have to sit for seven hours and be taught too. I imagine it's so hard to go to class and somebody's just pushing information into your head all day long and you don't really get to go to recess and kind of blow off steam and talk to your friends except at lunch when it's like, what, 20, 30 minutes and the line is a half a mile long and you have to get there quick. I mean, a lot of the kids, they run, I mean run if they want to eat to the cafeteria to get in the line. Otherwise, it's just too late. By the time they get home from school, oh my goodness, My kids slept for three days. (laughs) They would come home from school at 3 o'clock, and they would just go to bed, eat a snack, go to bed, and I'd see them the next day. It just took a long time to recover. Those transitions are not easy. So the first thing I would do for back to school, just setting the tone for your family, is we have transitioned from eating dinners like at 6, 7 o'clock at night. We are moving that to 3. And I know that sounds crazy, but... They're so hungry when they get home, but they're so tired. So I have that 30-minute window of when they come home from school, they've ran track and volleyball and all these things, and then they're just so tired, 3 or 4 o'clock. And so I'll take that 30-minute window, and I'll just have pizzas or some kind of snacks, fruits, a veggie plate, something where they just come flying in, and they're like, oh, thanks, Mom. And I get to kind of hear about their day. And they're usually bringing their friends over on Fridays, and I'll make grilled cheese sandwiches. But it's like you have this small little window before they take off again. I want to hear about their day. I want to hear about, because those things are fleeting. I know I have a couple of kids who just left for college. And let me tell you, I cried my eyes out. I was sad for me. I had no idea, though, how much of the dynamics would change within our family just how it would affect my husband who you know, did internships with them all summer and wrestling and talking about books they're reading on Kindle and all the, the fun things for them where they built connections and relationships and fun activities. My husband, after I dropped the kids off at school, we had all moved them in the weekend before, but they actually started school like three days later. Oh my goodness, I'm sitting here, you know, crying and thinking it's all about me. And, you know, it's easy to think that because we are the, as moms, we're the hub of communication. You know, these children, oh, we love them so deeply. They're our why. Then when they go off to school, whether it's kindergarten or preschool or they're leaving you, there's this letting go. But we also have to remember It's not just about us, you know, going back home, going to work, crying, feeling such a loss. They're also having to navigate new territory, and they have to let go, too. Sometimes it just seems like it's easier for them because they have a lot of kids in class, and they make friends so easily, and there's groups and, you know, after-school sports, and we're sort of left at home, sort of like after, it's like the boxes, you know, when you move. And those boxes are sitting there, and everybody goes off to work and school, and you're just like, what? I'm sitting here alone, and we're licking our wounds, and we're just sad and isolation. 
sitting on that couch thinking, poor me. But we get to write our own story. We get to decide how we want this to pan out. We can pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and get involved in activities, have lunch with friends, and start a new hobby. There are so many things. Like, I, I don't even know if I know how to paint. I've, I've done it, like, once or twice. Actually, I can tell you I can't paint. <laughs> Who am I fooling? <laughs> so, when the kids come home from school, I want to feel like I've had a full life, too, and I'm not sitting here crying over kids that have left me. Because when they leave for college or wherever they go, military, work, they just, they're so involved in what they're doing and they're trying to tell us how to navigate life. And maybe we're sitting here in isolation going, when is, you know, Johnny going to call? Or when is Susie going to call me? Do they not care? I gave them my life, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, we have to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and go, okay, number one, I need a hobby. I need a job. I need some friends. I need a support group. Don't sit on your laurels. Like, see this as an opportunity for the next thing for you, too. So just like that kid when he doesn't have a nap, and we haven't had a nap, and he's screaming and squalling in Target, and we are probably moping or having a bad day, just like those kids who are leaving for school, military, work, uh, preschool, college, and they're trying to navigate their way, we're also doing the same. We're living parallel lives, really. So I just want to encourage you, you are not alone. I'm talking to tons of moms right now who are feeling lost as kids are going back to school, whatever grades that is. I just want to encourage you to just get out there and see life from a new lens and don't see it as a loss. Grieve, cry, kick and scream on the floor and work through it and then rise. Let's step out and be like a caterpillar that's turning into a butterfly, right? Like a tadpole that's turning into a cute little frog. It's like, whoop, we see those lily pads. They're making a path to a new place, and we're going to hop our way out of here. Endings create new beginnings. Woohoo! Endings, they create new beginnings. That it gives you a, a, a bigger circle of friends and People coming back to your house and your kids bringing their friends and their girlfriends and fiancés and spouses and babies. And it just, your world gets bigger and bigger. Those kids that are going off to preschool, y'all are going to have play dates. There will be moms there that you get to talk to on the bench and hang out and then go to lunch with. So your world will get bigger. It's easy to see life as a loss. It's easy to see life as like, oh, I give and give and give to these kids and, you know, I got to go to all these parent-teacher conferences, but if you'll see it as opportunity to meet those wonderful teachers who are going to invest in your kids, it creates this conversation, too. It's like those yearbooks. Sometimes I think, oh, I don't want to buy another yearbook. I don't really know these kids. My friend Amy was always saying it really creates conversation when you bring those books home and they're like, oh, this is my friend Riley. And, you know, we went on a field trip and her mom is this and da, 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 da. And it just creates that, oh, so I better understand like who your groups are and, and who you're hanging out with. And so just remember, it's not all about you. Whatever you're going through, your, your kid's probably going through it. Whatever your kid's going through, you're probably going through it. It's just on a different parallel wavelength. When we first moved to Arizona, I thought I had everything together. It was 113 degrees, and I remember thinking, like, our air conditioner died, so we had to take Uber to school, to registration. <laughs> oh, the kids were like, really? <laughs> 
first day of school. We moved here on a Thursday, and school started on a Monday. The kids were all excited, and on Friday, I was like, I had everything written down. We were going to go to the kids' elementary school and meet all the teachers, and we get there, and I thought, gosh, are we early? This is rare. (laughs) Mark this down in your calendar. It turns out it was the day before. Ugh, epic mom fail. We had our cute little outfits on, our hair done. She was ready to go. There was nobody there. So we just went to eat. <laughs> we went to dinner instead. They're our favorite place, and we just laughed. Oh, goodness. Who else has ever done that? You show up on the wrong day. <laughs> Going back to school recently with the kids, do you ever just look at the biology class or the math class, and it just takes you back to when you were going to school? You know, you go to biology, and like the smell of formaldehyde, <laughs> or there's those weird things floating in jars. Oh, my gosh the skeleton that's hanging in the class, and oh my gosh, all the things. It brings back such memories. Number two is remember what it was like when we went to school. You look at it, and it's like very different, but it's also very similar. People are still trying to find their groups. Do you remember when you walk into the lunchroom, and you're just like, oh my gosh, you have 30 seconds to spot a table and find someone cool to sit next to, This maybe a little bit elevates your coolness just a little more. Then you end up sitting with the wrong group and you feel like you can't move and you're stuck there all year long. (laughs) Trying to get from one class to the other when you have like two minutes. For one of my kids, if you were the last one in the class, you have to wear like a sombrero and sing. And so they are running. (laughs) They don't want to be the first one, which, you know, maybe that's maybe that's a good icebreaker kind of a get to know you because if you're the last one everyone remembers you right if we want this to be a fun school year for the kids let's do as much on the back end as possible to provide a fun experience for them so for me when they come home from school I already have snacks or sometimes almost like a full meal so then we can like reverse engineer it and then they can have a snack as it gets closer to the evening. Especially when the kids come home from school that first month and they're just so super tired and they're trying to transition. So number one is I like to have basically a meal cooked, something that they really love, and then a snack for later. Because they may just do homework and go straight to bed, especially that first month. I heard a woman once from Franklin, Tennessee. She had a blog and she talked about that and I started doing it and it is such a great idea. I have not invented this myself. We're just reinventing the wheel here, but just moving dinner forward so they can do their homework. Number two, I have them do all their homework at the table. So while I'm prepping and they're listening to some like calm music, they're doing their homework. You know, if anybody's having a hard time, I don't have to be the one necessarily that's the source of the answer or trying to come up with a solution. But the kids are, you know, bantering and laughing and talking about the day. And I'll hear them say, oh, yeah, I've had that teacher or I totally understand about this homework. It doesn't make sense, but I can help you with it. It really promotes a stronger family bond. And that's what it's all about, is creating those deep-rooted relationships, creating good stories, good family ties, those roots that run deep. So we're creating you know, a legacy so that when these kids, as they're growing up, they've got each other's back and they know it. Yes, they're going to fight, but hey... That's what siblings do, (laughs) but we are creating an environment where they're communicating, and there's connection, and there's love, and lots of good food. (laughs) Number three, listening to your kids. 
just let them come home and talk. Talk about whatever they want without judgment, without your eyes getting big or, you know, hearts racing and they can, you know, you're wearing it on your sleeve and they can totally tell how you feel and they start feeling defensive and backing up and going, okay, mom's fixing to like shoot me with their wisdom or tell me that I'm doing this wrong or, (laughs) you know, my kids laugh at me all the time. They're like, mom, we said something about a kid the other day that had drugs and immediately I come out with all my Dateline episodes and I've got, (laughs) I got an example for every single thing. I even have like, um, you know, I'll shoot them a couple of pictures and be like, hey, be on the lookout for this. And they just roll their eyes. They're like, oh my gosh, mom, you know. (laughs) But I do feel like it's my duty to inform. So, but yeah, just really to listen. I have to work on that. It's just listen, let them talk. Just let them talk about how they feel and, and that no emotion is right or wrong. It's just, hey, you feel how you feel, right? We have to remember too that these kids have been schooling through a pandemic and masks and no masks and schooling at home and schooling at school and oh my goodness just all the things you know maybe they're dealing with separation anxiety or social anxiety going from texting friends to actually seeing them in person again I know my kids would a lot of times go to the local park and play basketball until school opened back up again they were just like we've got to have friends I was reading a statistic that said that over two-thirds of college kids feel overwhelmed just going back to class and seeing people and being in a room with a crowd and really having to learn to reintroduce yourself, to market yourself, to brand yourself as the fun one or the smart one or the, you know, you got to go in and sort of sell yourself and find friends and it's hard I know that when we have conferences, I've been to places before where you walk in and no one says hello. And I'm thinking, I don't even belong here. Where am I even going to sit? So now when I have a conference, a women's conference, I'll just welcoming them when they come in. Oh my gosh, we have been waiting for you. This is so exciting. I'm so glad you're here. And they'll be like, really? (laughs) Well, of course we've been waiting for you. We all need connection and community to feel like we belong. Lastly, do what it takes to insert yourself into your kids' schedules. It's so easy. I have kids that get up at the crack of dawn when it's still dark to go running cross-country and then after school activities, even if it's carpool, like starting a conversation or turning on the radio and listening to a song and then we're, you know, singing the song and all the wrong words and we're skidding into carpool hot or, you know, grab donut on the way. I mean, something that the kids are like, yeah, okay, you're going to have a good day. This is, you know, this day was made for you, girl. High five them, fist bump them. Like, just let them know that you've got their back, that this is good and we're in this together. And I'll give you a bonus. Go get your kids an outfit. Something new, fresh, exciting, hip that they will love, that they walk in on that first day, even if it's one new outfit. Just have them pick out something that that when they walk in, it's like, ta-da, I'm here, world. And they are super confident, and they walk in, and they feel good about themselves. That one outfit can, like, totally make a difference. So in summation, we are building relationships with our kids. We are meeting them where they are. We're listening to their stories. We're feeding them well. We are getting them that great outfit. We are listening well and not being just a problem solver. We are creating environments where there's laughter, fun, and safe area for tears, being their greatest advocate and their biggest fan. 
knowing that while it feels like a loss at times because we're having to let go, have hope, girl, because endings create new beginnings. Here's to living your best life. Hey guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars and tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Are you in the Phoenix area? Tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at 4 or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, here's to living your best life.